Reading from the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 7. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's good news. We've heard a lot of good news tonight. Enjoyed the testimonies from Norway. But the good news isn't restricted to countries. The good news is for the whosoever will may come. And we're glad we came. We're glad we found the way, the truth, and the life. And it's been good for us. If you had time for a few hundred testimonies, you'd hear the same story in a few different words. That it's been good. It's been a good experience serving God. And we wouldn't want to do it any other way. With this admonition from the Apostle Paul to the Church of Philippi, he had uh, been there. The Apostle and Silas, and, and they came there uh, rather in, in, in unusual circumstances. They wanted to go somewhere else, a couple of other places modern Turkey on that side of the Aegean Sea is where they really wanted to go and uh, the Spirit of God stopped them and then the Apostle heard this uh, in a vision uh, directions to come on over to Macedonia which is is uh, uh, Greece part of Greece northeastern uh, Greece and so they immediately which I find interesting they did not hesitate they didn't check with the home base. They just got busy and got a hold of a ship somehow, got passage to Greece to go over to Macedonia so that they could eventually find their way uh, to the port there and then up another 10 miles or so to Philippi. There are some pictures of Philippi today that are very disappointing because the, it, it's a ruined place. Looks like the archaeologists and whatnot have gotten in there and dig around a little bit and try to recreate some things, but it's pretty sad looking, pretty sad. Things that are old like that, you'd like to have them the way they were in the Bible, but they're not that way anymore. They've been destroyed through the years, probably earthquakes or whatnot. But when they came there, it was interesting because this was the first time an evangelist, a preacher, had ever stepped on European soil. On, on Eastern Europe. That was the first. Uh, coming from the, the gospel that they had heard and uh, received uh, experiences of the of Pentecost. Uh, and, and by this time, they were spreading the gospel to whoever and to wherever they could go. And they came to Philippi. Go to the last part of the eighth verse. It says, think on these things. That's kind of the thought I'd like to look at tonight. Think on these things. Most people are not interested in bad news, are you? We don't like to hear bad news. Sometimes when you get the mail, you think, oh no, I hope it's not bad, I hope it's good. Not that you get much mail anymore, but you know, sometimes mail comes in the box out in front of your house and uh, and, and once in a while, it, it shocks you, 
If somebody sends you some money or something, that's really weird when that happens. But the other times, it's like, did I forget something? Did, did we miss something here? Everything is done electronically pretty much at our house. And so the, the post office, they'd probably rather that we use the mail. But uh, in the meantime, we don't care for bad news. And there's been enough bad news going around lately, it seems like, to, to, to fill your cup to overflowing and not interested in it anymore. That's why we come to church sometimes. So that's more than one reason. Because we can come for the good news. The good news. If you'll take notice, if you read from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it begins with the gospel according to, and this is St. Matthew or St. Mark, St. Luke, St. John, it's the gospel. And one of the translations of the gospel is good news. Pretty simple. Good news. We like the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is so beneficial to so many people for so many centuries. And it's amazing that anything can last that long, really. Countries don't last too long, much more than a couple hundred years sometimes. And, uh, but the gospel has run out for a couple thousand years now. If you think in terms of the gospel from the New Testament gospel that we're familiar with, this admonition kind of starts in the middle when he mentions the peace of God, Paul does. And it, it will do something. It's, it's an activity of, of sorts. It says, it shall keep your hearts and minds, referring to more than one person, hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And you ask yourself the question, how can the peace of God keep your heart and your mind? And there's the answer, through Christ Jesus. It's kept through a tremendous power of God. We can't do this alone. If you think you can, you can't. But the power of Christ in a life is miraculous. It really is. It's, it's nothing more than a, a miracle that takes place. When one is born again uh, and the old life is taken away and the new life has begun in Christ Jesus, it's totally new. It's uh, something you didn't expect in many, many ways. But it's new and it's exciting and it's powerful. And you want to investigate it more and more because this is, is really spiritual benefit, physical benefit, heart benefit, mentally beneficial. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. He wants to do good. But then the last part of that verse, verse 8 says, think on these things. But before that, it tells you things to think about. Have you ever thought about what you're supposed to think about? You don't think about thinking about what you're supposed to think about. You just think about it. Generally speaking, I remember being a young boy, kind of, and teenage boys, and there was teenage girls where I grew up in church. And what we'd be doing on Sunday night, when we were in church, Sunday night, I don't remember much about what happened in church, but I do remember we're thinking about what we're going to do after church is over. Does somebody have a car? Does anybody have any money? 
And maybe we can go to McDonald's. Gasoline was really expensive. It was 20 cents a gallon back then. It was going up, though. And little by little, eventually it got to be more than that, as you well know. But that's what, you know, that's what you kind of think about, right? Maybe not. Maybe they stopped thinking about those things. They'd go out to McDonald's or Davidson's restaurant. That was about our choices, actually. There wasn't many other choices in Chautauqua County. And that's what we did. Because why did we want to do that? Because we wanted to be with our friends. You know, Jesus is your friend. He wants to be with you. He wants to guide you and direct you and, and, and do good things for you and help you, even to give directions on what you should think about. It says right here, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, a good report. And then he says, if there's any virtue or any uh, force or strength and power in those things, in those ideas, or any praise, then think on these things. This is the things that are allowable to think about, if you can call it that way. You can think about these things because they are totally beneficial spiritually. Think about the opposite, okay? Is it true or is it false? What good does it do to really think about something that's not true? Or to tell other people about things, I'm really not sure. You know, it might be true, it might not be true. You know, you really don't care about those things. You want to know what's the truth. Let's get down to the truth here. Or honest. Remember, in the book of Acts, they were looking for someone to help them in this growing church. And they looked for those people that were honest. They found some that were honest. And they had a good report about them. So those were the people that were selected. You wouldn't want to go out and say, let's see if we can find some dishonest people to run our bank or something. That wouldn't go very good, would it? Just. Who is just? God is just. And he's always just. There's no question about his justice in in our lives, in the lives of others. He is just. He is the justifier. And he's always just. Everything about God is just. He's pure. He's pure. Sometimes you see things that say it's like 99.9% .9 pure whatever. Jesus is 100%. God is 100% pure. There's no extra thrown in there just for, for to give it extra weight or something. He's pure. Never been in one of those places. You've heard of these uh, clean rooms where they build electronics and so forth, and they have a, a clean room. And uh, manufacture, people manufacture things in these clean rooms. They get all dressed up in special clothing so that there, there's no possibility of, of, of causing infection or, or whatnot uh, to the, the product that they're building in there, these little chips and so forth that they're putting together, and I suppose with a lot of robots they use nowadays. But the room... It's totally clean. It's absolutely clean. And the, 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 the environmental control systems and those things are incredible, no doubt. And they, they keep the room as pure as they can get it. And imagine it would be somewhat of a nice environment, except that's where you have to go when you go to work. But other than that, 
you'd probably get a paycheck too for doing that. Jesus is pure. More pure than those clean rooms. More pure than those hospital rooms. He's pure. He's uncontaminated by sin as we were when we were born in, in sin and shaped in iniquity and, and came into this world unclean. But then Jesus stepped on the scene with his absolute purity and changed that. He forgave us of our sins, set the captive free in our lives, and we could go and sin no more. What could be better than that? It's just plain good news. But the last or a couple of references there, lovely. That's an interesting word for me. I don't use the word lovely. It sounds like a girl word. I don't know why that is. She's so lovely. You know what I said? And I'm sure she is, whoever you're talking about. I know somebody that's lovely. But anyway, it's lovely. It's so lovely. But, but God is lovely. And these are things you can think about. You can think about things that are lovely. It's nice to visit places that are lovely. People travel all over the world looking for those lovely places to see the ocean and the mountains and the rocks and the beautiful sunsets and so forth. But it's a good report. I think you could summarize it pretty much as a good report. If all these things add up to that, then Jesus is all of them. And that is a good Report, and it's okay for us to advertise and think about the good reports of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It has set us free, and we are so glad it has. There's a problem these days. It's, it's always probably been a problem, but I think modern media has glamorized this problem. They claim that bad news sells so that if you're in the newspaper business, you know, the kind that comes on paper, and they, I don't know how you get it anymore, I guess at the grocery store, but we used to deliver them door to door, newspapers, and they were made of paper and they had all kinds of stuff in them. But a lot of it's bad news. It's just lousy news. It's just, you know, the, the front page that there's telling about the biggest disaster in the world took place yesterday or whenever and and we're, we're supposed to get all excited about getting the hold of this piece of paper so we can find out what bad happened in the world it it it, it bothers you after a while doesn't it i i came prepared tonight if i can get it out of my pocket i brought a sponge i know you probably can't see it it's the biggest i could find you know, our brains are just so big. Actually, they're a lot bigger than probably a sponge. I'm not sure how big they are, but they're not that big. But they're much more capable than a sponge. They can absorb so much. Your memory, it's amazing what you can record in your brain. If you could only find it after you recorded it, that would really be nice. Uh, but sometimes you, you're recording all this information is just going in day after day after day, just filling your brain, you know. You think you'd run out of space after a while, but they say you won't and say you really don't use that much of it anyway. But it just keeps going in there. And that sponge gets filled with all this bad news. It's just, it just soaks with bad news. Well, I'm thinking about that. I thought, you know, if the majority of the time I'm getting all this bad news, 
hardly have time for the good news. As a sponge is the same sponge, so really, I need to, to, to really think about the fact that, that God has given me instruction by Paul the Apostle of things I should be thinking about. Thinking about things that are true. Not speculated, it might happen in the future, maybe it might. But it is true. It's actually true. And, and we can relate those messages, the personal testimonies, they are true. We can go to the people that give the personal testimony and, and ask them other questions and, you know, ask them, okay, tell me a little more. Because I know it's true. And they're trustworthy and they're honest people. And, and they're, they're, they fulfill all of what this, this is regarding the scriptures, having good news available and available for us personally. The Apostle Paul also wrote, also wrote to Ephesus, to the Ephesians, and in the uh, third, third chapter, 19th verse, and to know the love of Christ. That's something we want to know. To know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that she might be filled with all the fullness of God. We can be filled with the fullness of God. God's presence, God's spirit, God's abilities and powers, guidance and directions that we need to live in the present world we're in, we can be filled with that. We can have that as a personal blessing from the Lord. It's far greater than personal blessing. It's real victory in Jesus, isn't it? Philippians 2, 5 says this, let this mind be in you. You look back at that one of the verses in the fourth chapter we read. It says, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We just read over here that uh, uh, the love of Christ, to know the love of Christ, and that she can be filled with all the fullness of God. And Paul the Apostle says in Philippians 2 uh, verse 5, let this mind be in you. He wants our mind to be af- affected in a really good way, which was also in Christ Jesus. Our mind should be open to the Lord. And I'm sure that it is. That we have sought the Lord when we come before the Lord and, and, and the Lord changes our life and we're born again is a lot to learn from that day forward. Even if you knew a whole lot up to that time, there is a lot to learn. You cannot exhaust what God has for you. We try. We dig into the Word of God just to see if we can dig it out and exhaust it, but for some reason or another, we never get to the bottom of it. We only get to the surface, and the surface is so good we just keep digging because it's such a blessing to the whosoever will of which that we are. One of those. Think on these things. Tonight, we have time to pray. We have the time to think. We have time to evaluate our thinking. I have to evaluate my thinking. What am I thinking about? Thinking about closing my Bible. Thinking about putting my sponge back in my pocket. It's never been used before. I dug it out from home. It'll get used in the future. But you know, we really want to think about things that are good for us. We want to go to places that are good for us. 
We're going to trust the people that are good for us. We can resist those things to the best of the Lord's ability day by day. We learn about God on a daily basis. We don't learn it all at once, but we can be saved all at once. We can be transformed from sinner to saint in just a few minutes, seconds, or whatever it takes you and the Lord to get together surrendering your life to the Lord. We're going to stand at this time. We're going to sing a song. We'd like to do that. 617, and I'm sure it is a good song to sing about the Lord tonight. Let's stand and sing 617.